0: Sideline Dissonant Podcast, Chicago Cubs fans, it's going to be okay. Series is tied at 1-1. Yes, Cubs fans have reason to be pissed at the All-Star Game. Determines home field advantage in the World Series. Uh, this is something I've changed my mind on over the years. Uh, you know, They are clearly the best team in baseball this year. Not even close. Uh, the Cleveland Indians weren't even close record-wise. Cubs should have home field advantage, but they had to start off in Cleveland, but if you're a Cubs fan, you have to feel pretty good about splitting uh, the first two games in Cleveland uh, and and you know they they got shut out in game one, and everyone was all concerned, of course, Cubs fans are freaking out because you know these these are the Chicago Cubs after all, uh, but uh, what what you did see from the Cubs and Joe Madden brought this up. Uh, is they were able to get to Cleveland's bullpen in Game One. Uh, I think they stranded nine base runners, uh, but you know they gave Andrew Miller some fits. He's their best relief pitcher, and uh, you have to feel pretty confident. They 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 got uh, six runs in Game Two. Uh, going back to Chicago now. Unfortunately, you you can't expect the Cubs to win three straight. So chances are, if they are going to clinch this thing, if they are finally going to end this curse. Uh, they're going to have to do it in Cleveland, and that's, that is just a shame. Because I'm sorry, I think Jacobs Field is lovely, or it used to be called Jacobs Field, Progressive Field. I think it's lovely, but uh, it's not Wrigley Field. Uh, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, uh, even Dodger Stadium, AT&T Park, there's some ballparks that are just great. Um, and when you see a World Series 1 in them, it's even better. It would be amazing to see. The Cubs win it at Wrigley, but uh, they have to win three straight, and they're going to have to go up against Kluber. It's not going to be easy, Uh, but you have to feel like you're in a good position, if you are a Cubs fan, to win this series in seven. That being said, Cleveland, they've been under the radar all season. Uh, One loss, I wouldn't freak out either, Uh, but yeah, it's a best of five game series now. Uh, So that's all I'm going to do talking about the World Series. I'm going to talk a little bit of NBA. And then I'll get to my NFL picks for Week Eight. Um, talk about a couple of things that I observed uh, for the first real opening night in the NBA. Uh, I watched the Los Angeles Lakers. They're, uh, they were a lot of fun last night. Uh, the, the team seems to have this newfound freedom because they—they they, uh, it, it turns out sometimes passing the ball works, and you know I. Not to take anything away from Kobe Bryant, but, uh, yeah, they they look much more confident out there without Kobe on the floor. Um, you know, Kobe's Kobe's always been about his personal brand, uh, even when losing. You know, I, I think uh, he's the kind of player that wants to take 30-plus shots a game, and and that's okay. I think that works sometimes when you have uh, a coach like Phil Jackson in a completely different player in Shaquille O'Neal. That's why uh, the Lakers were able to win. They also had Derek Fisher and Pau Gasol. Um, Andrew Bynum played a role in their, those championships they had. People don't want to admit it because he's been kind of a flop, but you know, Kobe was playing with Bynum. He had a lot of size out there. Uh, so Kobe, yeah, he needs to be the guy and you can see that it's always been about his personal brand when he's been on a losing team he takes even more shots and it doesn't even help the team Um, so again i'm not taking anything away from kobe sometimes that kind of basketball does win Uh, but i think we saw without him without his presence being felt the, the younger guys in la felt a little more loose on the floor and you know i mean Kobe's becoming a venture capitalist. I, I think venture capitalism is important. I think it's needed. But if Kobe being a venture capitalist says a lot about the kind of personality, the kind of style of basketball he played. It wasn't exactly team-oriented. Um, but yeah, the younger players have a little bit more experience for the Lakers. Uh, Russell, Julius Randle, uh, they look good. They really did, Uh, and you know I feel like those two players this season are going to take turns leading that team. Uh, Let's see. I'm I'm gonna look up how many points uh, Russell had. He had he had 20 points last night. Uh, You know, wasn't wasn't moving the ball. He had three assists, one rebound. Uh, Randall put up 18 of his own, he had 7 rebounds, 6 assists, very impressive. Uh, you know, you see, those guys are starting to grow into their roles a little bit. Uh, and you know, I'm excited, I'm excited about Brandon Ingram. Uh, and I, I think, uh, Luol Deng is a great fit. He's, he's a great fit for that sort of team. Uh, and I'm very happy with Timofey Mozgov as well. Uh, he he looks in great shape, Mozgov. Uh, he, he obviously got a huge contract in L.A. Uh, I, I forgot exactly what the figures were, but he, <laughs> he, he looked thinner, but he looked faster. He looked like he was moving the ball a lot better. Uh, you know, maybe that'll fizzle out because I think players get in better shape as the season progresses, but he's gone into the season in great shape. Uh, so... It's great. I Luke Walton's now the head coach there. It's a fun time to be a Lakers fan. Uh, but, you know, the, the Lakers are an organization that, you know, they need... They're in L.A. They need to sell jerseys. They need to sell merchandise. They need to keep the glamour around it. And even when they were losing, Kobe Bryant provided that. So the Lakers don't need to even be a playoff team this year. But they need to improve. They need to win more than 35, 40 games. Uh, and it's important that these young guys excite this fan base a little bit because if, if it is another, you know, 20 25 win season for the Lakers, it's not going to be a lot of fun. You know, I, I think Lakers fans are very happy because what did they win? They won by six points against the Houston Rockets last night. Now, I think the Houston Rockets probably took a step back. They're probably a borderline playoff team. Um, I think Harden will play a little bit better now that Dwight Howard's gone. Uh, you know, they're two great players, but they clearly did not fit together but you know a win versus the Houston Rockets isn't something to be overly excited about. Uh, that being said, the Lakers looked a lot better. the players looked a lot more confident. they looked like they were having a lot of fun out there. Um, let's hope let's hope it stays that way. Uh, the, Nick Young is still on the team so it's important that these players behave. Throughout the season, they're they're awful young. There are some veterans on that team now uh, that aren't, you know, kind of to themselves like Kobe. Uh, like I said, Dang, Mozgoff are there. They they're the kind of role players that'll help guide these younger younger guys, especially while Russell and Randall get into better shape. Uh, but Lakers need. Lakers need to sell this team a little bit. They need to be at least mediocre this season. Uh, if they can, if they can be a sub five hundred team, you know that's. I think that's an accomplishment. And then one more year, you let Ingram get a year of experience. Uh, Russell have another year, and Randall's beginning to turn to a star. You know, I like to think of, uh, I like to think of players in the NBA like like kids in high school. You know, you get four years and you start, you know, you play in a freshman team or a junior varsity team and you get better. And then by the time you're a junior or a senior, you're capable of playing at that varsity level. Um, there are always exceptions. There are players that come in as freshmen and they're all automatically stars on the varsity. Uh, it's rare. Obviously, LeBron James was a superstar the second he played basketball at St. Vincent St. Mary High School, but. Uh, it's kind of the same way in the NBA. Uh, you know, you're you're a freshman, then you're a sophomore, but then by the time you're a junior or you're a senior, you're a better player. And I think Julius Randle, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing him kind of grow into that role. And now Kobe's gone. He, I think he likes to spread the ball around with his teammates. His rebounding looks great. Uh, this will be great as long as there aren't any attitude problems. Again, I think Nick Young needs to go, uh, but you know if. Young can behave. It's a good Lakers team. Philadelphia. That was interesting last night. They, they didn't win the game. They played the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, was the final score. 103-97, but Philadelphia 76ers fans, ooh, they were encouraged. It was a lot of fun, particularly because Joel Embiid finally out there on the floor. And he looked great. Uh, The Sixers are lucky, you know, they're lucky that they have an enthusiastic fan base because uh, again, I worry about the Lakers because if they can't sell this team this year, the appeal isn't going to be great, especially because the Clippers aren't a bad team. They could be a three, four seed in the Western Conference, possibly two. Uh, But I worry because, I worry about the Lakers because they're not going, you know, if, if they can't start winning basketball games and Kobe's gone, they don't sell merchandise, they don't fill the seats, fans become fans love the Clippers even more. But in Philadelphia, they love basketball, and they've been filling that arena with a bunch of crappy teams over the last three years. They actually have a fan base that trusts the process, and... It's as good because they're able to build around it. And I think there, there was a lot of energy in that arena last night with Joel Embiid. Uh, let's, let's see, what, what did Joel Embiid do? 20 points, 7 rebounds uh, in 22 minutes of play. Uh, yeah, I think the Sixers are going to take a conservative approach with Embiid uh, at least early in the season, but I wouldn't be surprised. All right, my apologies. Uh, my camera can't run for more than 12 minutes at a time for some reason, so I'll try to cut these into segments. I got a little stopwatch going, so can keep track, make sure I don't go over time. Uh, we are talking about Joel Embiid last night. He had 20 points and 7 rebounds in just 22 minutes. Uh, that's incredible. Nobody, nobody was expecting him to come out and play like that. I mean, people were, you know, expecting him to start and play, you know, limited minutes, which he did. But uh, you have to be fairly excited if you're a Sixers fan. Embiid, uh, what he, what he showed out there is, he's mastered the fundamentals. Uh, I know that sounds cliche, but it's almost Tim Duncan esque out there. Uh, but. He's more athletic than Duncan and he's versatile. He can shoot from three. Uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Kevin Garnett, except he's a lot bigger, uh, a lot wider too. He's seven foot, 249 pounds. Uh, it's a player like this that's capable of making the center position relevant again. Uh, you know, over the last 10 years, the NBA slowly evolved into a guard first. Uh, and the last two years a shooting first league, uh, but the the center position is starting to come back, and I think we saw that last night with Anthony Davis. You know, as I mentioned, uh, I think the NBA is getting acclimated to the NBA for younger players. It's a lot like getting acclimated to high school ball, and uh, Anthony Davis is at the tail end of his high school career. Uh, I think he's in his fourth year, uh, but... <laughs> Davis Davis scored 50 points in opening in his opening night. Now granted the Pelicans their defense didn't look great and they actually lost the game uh but I don't really know if that was entirely Anthony Davis's fault but 50 points and he's a lot of the same type of player as Embiid. Uh I think Embiid is a little bit more uh I don't know measured is the right word but he He knew when to find open spots, you know, uh, jump up to the high post, stay in the low post. Uh, It was impressive watching Embiid out there, Uh, and I think, you know, what we saw from Anthony Davis last night is just a sample of what we could see from Embiid, at least in the future. Uh, You know, centers used to be limited because of their size, Uh, but... They, players are just getting so much more athletic now that uh, those limitations are kind of gone. You know, uh, I think when Dwight Howard came into the NBA and, you know, Orlando made it to the finals with Dwight Howard, uh, you know, we're saying, okay, that's the new center position. These really incredible athletic centers with wide shoulders, all muscles, uh, just, you know, it's... It used to be before that. It was Shaq. You know, Shaq wasn't isn't the most muscular guy, but he's big. He takes up a lot of room. Um, it's he has a physical presence out there, and we were we we're seeing kind of a more athletic version of that with Dwight Howard. But you know, it never really turned into much. You know, now what we're seeing is Dwight Howard is, is limited because he can't he can't even make a foul shot, and he's certainly not going to go out and start shooting threes. Uh, You have players like Anthony Davis out there and Joel Embiid. They can do all of that. Uh, And like I said, Embiid, he's a center. He's seven foot tall, but he's athletic like Kevin Garnett. And, you know, I think Kevin Garnett late in his career played the center position a lot more. He was mainly a power forward for the first uh, two-thirds of his career. And then he played center a lot more because, you know, he didn't have to move around as much. And he kind of let his game evolve. And I think what we saw... In the end, toward the end of KG's career, uh, at least in Boston. He, he didn't do much when he went to Minnesota or, or even in Brooklyn. Uh, but what we saw at the end with KG when he evolved his game, I think we're seeing a similar game with Joel Embiid. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So, Sixers fans, you should be encouraged. Even if your team only wins 20 games this year, that is actually an improvement from last season. Uh... And when Ben Simmons is back, you know, he's expected to return uh, before the end of the season. Uh, We'll see about that. You know, it's good that Sixers fans trust the process, and it might make sense not to rush Simmons, especially if there are setbacks. That's what they did with Embiid. And, you know, people tend to overreact after just one game. But 20 points, 22 minutes. Seven rebounds for Joel Embiid, a pretty good start for him. It worked out for him. So, you know, the Sixers aren't going to win the Eastern. They're not going to the playoffs this year, probably. Um, But they're, they're certainly not going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, doesn't make sense to rush Simmons at this point, no. We saw Embiid, he was out for a while, but now his career has gotten off to a pretty good start. All right, so I talked NBA. You know, there's a lot of teams I wanted to talk about, particularly my team, the Boston Celtics. Uh, But they play tonight. They play the Chicago Bulls. Uh, It's a tough way to start the season, back-to-back nights. They're on the road against Chicago, and the Bulls are opening the season, and that's a fascinating team. Jimmy Butler, Rajon Rondo, and, of course, Dwayne Wade is there. So uh, I I may do something on them tomorrow. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting NBA season. Let's try not to overreact a little bit, but good times. Well let's get to my NFL Week 8 bets. I'm going to go through each game. I'm going to start by telling you games that if, if you are a sports better, I'm not much of a sports gambler. What I do is I put 20 bucks up because I'm way too scared and I spread that 20 bucks across every game. So every game's worth about a dollar and 50 cents. So, you know, I'm a high roller. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you the games that you should uh, that you should probably select, and then, you know, I'll pick a few games that probably aren't the right games to put your money down on because, you know, the the spreads might be terrible or or, or it might be pretty even. We'll see. Uh, but first game I'm going to say you should pick is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are three-point favorites in Carolina. Uh, that seems odd to me. Uh, I think Vegas seems to have a bias for teams that are coming off of bye weeks, particularly if they're playing at home. Uh, but, you know, that's all that Carolina really has going for them. You know, they've, they have had two weeks to work out the Kings a little bit, but, you know, Cam Newton isn't protected by his offensive line like he was last year. Uh, he's also a liability, he could get hurt. That could happen. The receivers aren't playing as well. And that defense has lost a lot as well, especially at the defensive back positions. But uh, Arizona, they held Seattle to just six points in five periods of play last week. Think about that. Now, I know uh, know Russell Wilson is playing through injury, but he's been resilient playing through injury. He's had great games on a bad knee and a bad ankle. Arizona, sure, they're on the road, and they held them, Seattle, to six points last week in that uh, atrocious game, which I personally found entertaining, because when that many kickers miss field goals, you you can't help but be entertained. Uh, But Arizona, going into Carolina, the way that defense is playing, and we haven't seen enough from the Panthers. we We' like to think Cam Newton is the same quarterback and he's dealing with the same receivers the same offensive lines. everyone's playing as well as they were last year, but they're just not and Arizona's offense certainly has a way to ways to go uh but Carson Palmer is relatively consistent uh I think he can beat up on that Carolina defense certainly a lot more than uh Certainly, a lot more than he did against uh, the Seattle defense last week, which is why it was such a low-scoring game. Uh, Sunday night football, Philadelphia—they're the underdog, coming off of a big win against the Minnesota Vikings, who are no longer undefeated. Against the Dallas Cowboys at home, coming off a bye week, of course, they're four-point favorites. And and it's you know if you're going to rank the the top. 10 teams in the NFL, you know, you have to put the Cowboys in the top three, top four at this point. Uh, That offensive line is working, Dak Prescott's working, Uh, and of course Ezekiel Elliott. People are talking and saying he should be the MVP. I don't think so, but this is a game that will be won in the trenches. Again, another cliche, but... Dallas's offensive line is going up against perhaps the most, most athletic set of linebackers, the most athletic defensive line they've come up against all season. Uh, so if there's a game Dak Prescott finally struggles in, it's going to be this one. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Philadelphia, I think they can at least stay within four points of Dallas. So they may be a smart pick. Uh, Carson Wentz also... Uh, he should have better luck against Dallas's defense than he did against Minnesota's. Uh Minnesota is is a superior defense and, you know, Carson Wentz was able to score a little bit last week, but Philadelphia uh, their special teams is re- and their defense is really what carried them last week. So I think Philadelphia might be a smart pick. They may not win, but I think they can stay within four points. Uh, the Monday night game, you know, I've been talking about the Minnesota Vikings a lot. They're a four and a half point favorite on the road in Chicago. Uh, I personally think Minnesota is going to win this game in a blowout. There's something about teams that are coming off of a tough loss, especially if they've been undefeated, they seem to bounce back the following week. We see that a lot with the Patriots. I think we're going to see that with the Vikings. Uh, They lost to Philadelphia. They've had a week to sort out those issues with the offensive line. I know there's been some injuries, but Chicago is a completely different defense. I think they should be able to cover four and a half points. Uh, I love head coach Mike Zimmer. He's probably the most underrated head coach in the NFL. Uh, Did you see him after their loss to Philadelphia? He he was at the podium, and he listed this incredibly long list of things his football team did wrong. He has an incredible memory. He's a very smart guy. Uh, I bet you his game plan is brilliant. Minnesota should cover the spread against Chicago. Uh, Detroit versus Houston. Houston, they're... Two and a half point favorites against the Detroit Lions, I don't think that's smart. Matthew Stafford's been carrying that team, and he's he might be the MVP favorite so far this season. Uh, I think the common analysis you see that saying Calvin Johnson is gone, so Matthew Stafford deserves the MVP because he's done a lot more with a lot less. I think there may be something to it, but I think that's a bit overrated. I think... Detroit's offensive line has overperformed this season, and it's certainly helped Matthew Stafford. But, you know, that's a team that can go into Houston. Brock Osweiler has been shaky, he's certainly shaky against good defenses. It's possible he bounces back, but the way Detroit's offense is playing, Houston's consistency, uh, I think Detroit being a two-and-a-half-point underdog, I would pick them even if it were a pick Uh, Next, Seattle, 2.5-point favorites on the road versus New Orleans. I'm picking Seattle. This is a popular underdog pick, the Saints, because their offense is as complete as they get. Uh, But I think Seattle will bounce back uh, just as they did in Week 2. In Week 2, they had a similar game uh, from last week against Arizona where they only had 6 points. They had a similar game in Week 2 against the Los Angeles Rams, and (laughs) Russell Wilson tore it up the next week at home. Uh, Granted, they're on the road. But Seattle should be able to cover 2.5 points in New Orleans. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shootout because New Orleans' defense is atrocious. Nothing compared uh, to Arizona's. So Russell Wilson should play significantly better against that defense. Even on a bad ankle, bad knee, whatever he's dealing with. Uh, Here's a pick. I never bet on the Patriots because they're my team. But it might be smart to bet against them this week. Might be. I'm not saying they won't win, I would think they will win, but they're six-point favorites on the road in Buffalo, and Buffalo is a team that in week four, they shut out the Patriots. Uh, Now, it's hard to expect Rex Ryan to win two regular season games against Bill Belichick, but he's at home. Uh, You know, he's up against Tom Brady as opposed to Jacoby Brissett in week four, but, you know, Buffalo could keep it a close game, at least. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick makes the right adjustments, as he often does, and the Patriots go in uh, and tear it up. But six-point favorites in Buffalo, that's very generous. It's very generous. The rest of the games in Week 8 are very difficult choices. Green Bay is on the road in Atlanta. Atlanta is a three-point favorite at home. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't expect the Packers to play incredible. But, uh, people fell in love with the Falcons early in the season, just as they did last year. Uh, And they've lost two in a row now. And just like last year, Falcons get off to a hot start and they begin to collapse. So, Green Bay is not playing their best football right now. They beat Chicago last week in an ugly game. Uh, I wouldn't expect them to do a ton, but I wouldn't say the same about the Falcons. Team that's lost two straight. It's just it, the Falcons are a team that just can't seem to evolve. You know, they they look great in the first few weeks of the season, but then teams learn, and they can't switch up their game plans. And there, there, are, certainly, there are some teams that are able to adjust very well. Obviously, the Patriots change their game plan every week. You never know what to expect. Uh, I really like the Philadelphia Eagles this season. Uh, you know we all know their linebackers are incredible in their defensive line, uh, but they never blitzed all season until uh, they played the Minnesota Vikings and it worked out it's you need to be you need to change your game plan up and i I don't see that from the Atlanta Falcons, but Green Bay's not playing well, so that's really a tough choice uh Denver Broncos they' are a four and a half pay, point favorite at home against the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Denver's a much better team at home. We've seen that this season. Uh, But two weeks ago, they were on the road Thursday night football against the San Diego Chargers, uh, and they lost. And the Chargers defense, they got to Trevor Simeon. Uh, And San Diego's an underrated football team. They really are. Phillip Rivers is an underrated quarterback. Uh, They're protecting him better than they did last year. That offensive line, uh, it's still not great. They're still up against Denver. But San Diego's defense is much improved, too, so I wouldn't be surprised if they went into Denver and stole one. Uh, But again, that's a tough choice. Trevor Simeon bounced back last, uh, last week, and it's just hard. Four and a half point favorites, Denver. Tough choice. Kansas City, two and a half point favorite on the road in Indianapolis. The Colts, watch out for the Colts. Andrew Luck is playing well. He had a great game last week. Uh... The thing about Andrew Luck is he's been criticized so much the last year and a half. And it's it's hilarious because this week that all changed. Everyone's like, "Oh, Andrew Luck is so great." It it all comes down to his offensive line. His when his offensive line is bad, oh, Andrew Luck he, he's a flop. (laughs) But no, they played better last week. Andrew Luck looked better. Uh, He's a smart quarterback, and there's a reason why his team has gone a little further in the playoffs every year, the first three seasons. Last year, you have to throw out last season, but the Colts are beginning to get back on track. Uh, Unfortunately for Luck, he's dealing with a team that He's not dealing with the smartest coach, and he's certainly not dealing with the smartest management. Uh, so they don't always put the pieces around him to succeed. But at home against Kansas City, Kansas City 2.5-point favorites, difficult choice. Oakland is only a 1-point favorite on the road in Tampa Bay, so that game's essentially a pick-em. Uh, Derek Picard's been great. He really has. He's, he's kind of a dark horse MVP, uh, but he's beaten a lot of bad teams this year. Uh, so the, the Raiders, they have they've played a lot of games on the road on the East Coast. They, they played Jacksonville last week. Uh, so they actually stayed in Florida and they're, they're playing Tampa this week. So uh, they're not as being on the road might not affect them as much as it does uh, traveling across the country because they've been in Florida practicing all week. Uh, but Tampa's at home. They're a weird team. They kind of define mediocrity. We'll see. I'm not sure about Doug Martin's status, so you know that that could change depending on if he's playing or not uh i'm I'm not sure about that though uh the New York jets three point favorites on the road in Cleveland uh The Jets are a better team at home. We saw that last week uh but this is dysfunction versus dysfunction uh a good chance for Cleveland to pick up a win. But uh, that's a tough choice. Three-point favorites on the road. New York Jets in Cleveland. Uh, Washington on the road. They're underdogs. Three-point underdogs against the Bengals. Uh, That's a tough game for the Bengals. Cincinnati's a decent team. Can't win in the postseason. But uh, Kirk Cousins, he's a solid franchise quarterback. I've changed my mind on Cousins this season. Washington's offense is often overlooked and, and... They stay consistent. They really do. Uh, But they are on the road. They are in Cincinnati. Uh, That's a tough pick. Uh, Again, I'm listing games that you probably shouldn't bet on. Finally, tonight's game, Thursday night football, Jacksonville in their uh, diarrhea brown jerseys versus the Tennessee Titans, who are uh, three-point favorites at home. Uh, don't don't bet on this game, don't watch this game, ignore this game, pretend it didn't happen. Thursday night football games are terrible. Teams don't have time to prepare. Uh, CBS, NFL, Network, Twitter, whoever is presenting the game, they always do a terrible job on Thursday night football. The presentation is never as good. Good news is it's going to be an NBC Thursday night football, I think starting in November. They're splitting the games with CBS. Uh, but it's these are two bad football teams in ugly uniforms with a terrible broadcast. Jim Nance and Phil Sims, they just, they phoning in on Thursday night football. Just ignore the game. Uh, I'll probably be back tomorrow, talk a little bit more basketball. Hopefully, not Thursday night football. And uh, yeah, World Series will also return on Friday in Wrigley Field. Three straight games at Wrigley. I can't wait. It's a great place to watch the World Series. Uh, So yeah, be sure to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, uh, also on iTunes. Uh, My Twitter is at TheBradWhitaker. I'll see you later.